0: Hey everybody welcome back
1: to is that too dark I'm
0: Nikki I'm Kaylin and this is our bonus episode for February it's a Wednesday y'all okay everybody it's our bonus episode it's february it's the month of love but first before we get into our love story i need to talk about something okay and actually my father brought this up to me um shout out to father um he said he needs a podcast of this shit literally direct text message quote so i'm giving it to him have you heard about bob Saga's cause of death okay yes
1: but i don't <sighs> okay Tell me what Lars said because I'm curious to know what the older generation thinks. Because he I'm thinks also it's suspicious. Little... I think it's suspicious because he just started touring again. It's almost like it to me. It reads Elvis, you know, like
0: well. So they're saying it's. This is from the New York Times, by the way. A significant blow to the head, fractured skull in several places that caused bleeding of both bo- across both sides of his brain. And so then I continued to read because I was like, okay, like maybe he was drinking and he fell and didn't, you know, when you fall when you're drunk, it doesn't really yeah. hurt. But then they were saying there was no alcohol or drugs in his system. Well, he had some
1: kind of muscular thing, right?
0: No, I mean, not that I've seen, but they're saying it was, like, a pretty intense brain injury. Like, he would have not just been able to sleep it off. Right. And I guess a lot of brain, like, skull fractures are, like, this doctor said, it's, like, an egg cracking. So it starts in one spot and then it keeps cracking from, like, the back to the front. So it just gets worse the longer, you know. You don't yeah. do anything about it. But a lot of doctors are being like, he most likely was not lucid. He definitely probably didn't think I'm going to sleep this off. Like the injury that he had would have caused him a lot of pain.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, when the reports were first coming out, they were like natural causes, whatever, which I guess if you fell over and like hit your own head and like, maybe he didn't, like you said, maybe he didn't realize it was hurt as badly as it was, or, you know, something else was going on. But on CNN, I, I also had to look it up because I was like, I didn't know Lars was like into this. CNN says he had COVID and died. Uh, well, he as had a COVID of the
0: head trauma. He had COVID in the beginning of January, so okay. there would still be COVID in his system at this point because he said in the beginning of January that he had COVID. So there might still be COVID. You know how COVID, depending on who you are, tests later. Um, like I had COVID, but now I'm not. T- I'm still. I'm testing negative now. But some people test positive for a long time, you know? Yeah. So it wouldn't be – I feel like COVID would not have caused this. Like he was – he performed that night, was completely fine, and then the next day was dead.
1: Well, it says he was taking Klonopin as well. And so that's seizures, panic disorders, anxiety meds. And then he was also on an antidepressant called Trazodone um so maybe those worked together to create that perfect storm where he wasn't like completely lucid maybe he was taking the up in, you know anxiety due to performing stuff like that
0: right but then and he that... falls doesn't realize that he's in pain and goes to sleep
1: true yeah i'm just wondering if maybe like his respiratory system still wasn't like fully back after having covid and then like maybe
0: i don't know it's so But strange. he has to hit his head like it has nothing to do with his breathing like he for yeah. sure has a brain injury and my question is, is he was obviously awake when he suffered his brain injury you would think and right. there's this doctor for the new york times literally said that he sees this injury he would find someone with a baseball bat to the head or has fallen 20 to 30 feet
1: like that's this weird. is an
0: intense brain injury okay, so that's so maybe- my thing is that like okay yeah maybe if he had a small head wound and then blah 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 but this is something that every single doctor, there's like three doctors in this article, is like, this is significant pain. Like, you wouldn't just be like, oh, I'll fall asleep and be fine and have a mild concussion. Like, every single person is like, there's no way that he thought he was fine. And he did have an enlarged heart, but they were saying that is not a link to his death. Um, and they're saying they do not think the virus contributed to his death. So... So it's the severe blunt force trauma
1: and then whatever... Uh- intoxication? Is that
0: what I'm No, hearing? he has no drugs or alcohol in his system. But the medication? Well, yeah, but he takes them every day is what they're saying, so... True. Okay. Weird. This is a weird one. That's the thing. They're like, yeah, he ha- he's been prescribed these medications, but these are medications he's been prescribed which no one has come out saying he had a drug addiction and he performed for two hours that night. And... So it's just very weird i mean some doctors are saying that it you know these drugs he took could make him sleepy and contribute to a fall but no one is saying that like he the drugs would have made him not be in pain you know right that's true yeah so i feel like by now if he was abusing these drugs it would have came out where there would have been high levels of it and they're not saying there's high levels of that in the system they're saying it's just normal what he would have prescribed levels in a system and no alcohol His blood alcohol level was zero. That's That's my thing. I would get if he drank and then one thing led to another. But and I would expect it after a two-hour show, you know. But he completely performed fine that night. He even said, "I had no idea. I did a two-hour set tonight. I'm happily addicted to performing again."
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's America's dad. It's so sad. Yeah, I have no.
0: I it's just weird. We'll to have me, to grant it's large just wish. weird. <laughs> it's like, just weird. Yeah, something yeah. is not, something's, something's not out up here. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Like never like
1: who would have a grudge against Bob Saget? You know. Well, like, and it was... they're saying that there's no
0: signs of foul play,
1: but a twenty, like an injury indicating
0: a fall up to twenty to thirty feet, or getting a baseball hit that, like, like with that, yeah. yeah, that intensity. I don't know this is a weird one i truly honestly wish something would come of this but i don't think it will um i feel like they're just like okay and then move on that sucks bye well yeah because Uh. they're just being like oh maybe he fell but then a doctor was like yeah even if he fell like he may be six foot tall but he's not just gonna be like boop oh well like every single doctor that's seen this autopsy said that he would definitely have known to go to the doctor
1: yeah Well, it's not like he didn't have the money or whatever either, Well,
0: and he could have called down to the lobby. Like, you know, very, very strange. But I felt like I had to mention this before we started because since this came out, I have been thinking about it.
1: Well, and I mean, to bring in the element of mystery to what was treated as an open and shut case right off the bat, I think, you know, it's worth looking into for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just want to know what could have caused this. Like, I need people's theories that would have caused this of him naturally doing this you know
1: yeah well if you're listening please feel free to send us your ideas on our i Instagram know at is that too dark um yeah i honestly didn't think any deeper of it either until now but um, well
0: i thought it was like probably a heart attack or something you know but yeah apparently but... not strange very strange very strange all right are you ready to get into our strange case as well i am okay
1: um, Start us so, off here. All right, so as you guys know, bonus episode um, this month we decided to try to do a case about a couple who murders, and that ended up being uh, Jasmine Richardson and Jeremy Steinke. You so- guys
0: voted. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> you, you can vote today for March's episode at Is That Too Dark on Instagram. There will be a poll on our story all day, all day. If you're long. listening on Wednesday when this comes up.
1: And if not, we'll still take your suggestions in our story for further future months. Jasmine Richardson was born in 1992 in Medicine Hat, Alberta, to Mark and Deborah Richardson. Mark had moved his family to Medicine Hat from Okotoks, which is in Calgary. And all of the neighbors loved him and Deborah. They were described as quiet, loving, and normal. Um, That's important to keep in mind, I think.
0: Normal, yeah, we're all so normal. <laughs> Bob Groden, who
1: was a neighbor of theirs, stated they were the family we all wished we had. Deborah was the cement who built a pleasant, happy home, and Mark's only plan in life was to do right by his family. I lived vicariously through those parents and really admired their devotion to their family. Um, Mark had actually been promoted at his electrical engineering job for EncanaCorp, Court, meaning that he could afford to live in Medicine Hat. And finally, um, he was able to take his family on a family vacation, which is something that they couldn't afford previously and that they were all really looking forward to. Um, But even though this is the white picket fence, like Stepford version of what seems to be a perfect family, Deborah and Mark actually had a past. Um, They both struggled with addiction to hard drugs. They met for the first time in an addiction recovery program, and they actually got married shortly after they were both released. But before their deaths, they remained married for 15 years.
0: Look at them. Getting (laughs) clean together. How cute.
1: So cute. Um, But focusing back on Jasmine, at age 11, she was described as smiley, outgoing, and quote sweet. Um, And she had the good grades to back up her golden child identity
0: oldest child well, golden child uh, there you how go.
1: <laughs> however at the age of 12 she was shown to be a mediocre student with an interest in whatever angsty thing 12 year olds were into in 2004 which i think was myspace my chemical romance and probably I mean cutting yourself but what do i know
0: was myspace just emerging um okay to be fair
1: jasmine and i were born in the same year and that's what i was into when i was 12 <laughs> so i assume hey. as much, but i
0: don't know for sure i was like i don't know in 2004 <laughs> i was not quite a teen preteen teen yet so i wasn't angry yet i was getting there you know time for yeah. coming yeah <laughs> but we weren't there yet i think i was what like nine so we were getting there
1: close getting close um She embraced goth culture and was heavily influenced by the media that she consumed at the time. Again, this was the time of cut my wrist and black my eyes. It was the time of I'm a vampire, whatever, Um, before Twilight, after, um, you know, the other Harry Potter fanaticism. She started hanging out with older men, and she actually reportedly became sexually active at this time, even at this young age. This all came to a head in January of 2006 when she met Jeremy Steinke, who was a self delusioned 300 year old vampire. But in reality, he was a 23 year old man pursuing a relationship with a 12 year old girl.
0: Um, Jeremy How do we know ha- that he isn't a 300 year old vampire?
1: You know what? You're right. I shouldn't assume, you know, but on I, a- yeah
0: on his government
1: records (laughs) on his government records according to the US of A he was 23 right but you know Edward Cullen (laughs) probably had a government record in Twilight this was before Twilight so maybe Twilight's based on Jeremy Steinke Um, but I guess he had a history of bringing preteen girls to his mother's trailer where he lived um, while his mom was at work and he would pick up these young girls like at the local mall and stuff um he and jasmine actually met at a punk show and then continued their relationship online so i don't know if i want my 12 year
0: old to go to a punk show
1: no and i am just very curious like what type of dynamic like being addicts themselves like deborah and mark have to know what goes on at these type of places like it's not it's not rocket science that the scene doesn't change even if you've overcome your addictions you know as you can imagine their relationship, if you want to refer to it as that, met a lot of criticism and actually led to Jasmine being grounded.
0: Um, so do comp- we know if her parents were just like like she was just like, guess what I have a boyfriend. His name's Jared Stinky and he <laughs> <laughs> and he's 23. He goes a love. Him.
1: I, I think they found out about it because they like looked through her computer. Um, yeah, which isn't uncommon for that time. Honestly, like the media oh. was so like, get your kids oh. on MySpace.
0: My Murder parents would Craigslist. Their... Yeah. yeah. When I started going on the internet, my parents were like, absolutely the fuck not. Yeah. Uh, they exactly. found out I had a MySpace. It was like I killed the whole family. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. they yeah. acted like it was the end of the world. And I was like, bro, I'm just on MySpace. To sidebar for a second, I remember my dad didn't want me to have one either. And I
1: went to a sleepover at my friend's house. And he took 30 minutes to tell my friend's dad that, hey, she's not allowed to have MySpace. So if you see the girls going on MySpace, don't let her go.
0: (laughs) You know what's funny, though, is that, like, it's so embarrassing. But, like, I wasn't allowed to have MySpace. But when my friends would come over and we'd have, like, a sleepover, we'd go on Omegle. (laughs) Do you remember Omegle? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like obviously your parents didn't know, yeah, chat oh my god, but like, they were scared of MySpace, like, no one on the news was talking about these other creepy-ass websites. Right. Just or MySpace. Even, oh,
1: remember Formspring, the one that was, like, anonymous, like, internet bullying, basically? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so all of these, it's really a throwback for us. But yeah, I think her parents like saw these messages and they were like, what the fuck? Because Jeremy was always like, I just really miss killing people. We should get together. and kill Yeah, because people. he's, he's and... a
0: 300 year old vampire mom. Come on. Right. <laughs> so
1: um, Jasmine ended up being grounded. Um, her computer was taken away. All of those restrictions were put in place. But as with all young weird love, they found ways to get around it. And uh, Jasmine would like sneak onto the family commuter- computer to communicate with him or like sneak out of her house and go to his trailer or his mom's trailer. It wasn't good. It was a good vibes. She could have been dead in a field way sooner. But Jasmine, being the queen of deception, went so far as to attend family therapy sessions with her parents, um, using the sessions to prove to her parents that she could regain access to her computer, that they could trust her
0: Um all of these things right i love that um, they went to family therapy because she was on myspace
1: well i think it's more about dating a man who was almost double her age when she's probably not even hit puberty yet kind of thing
0: yeah i do um, appreciate that her parents like tried yeah
1: no i mean a lot of the times it's like okay whatever <laughs> um, i mean
0: what do you do you know i feel like this is a hard place to be in do, do you know if her parents knew at this point that she was sexually active so I could see that I, being a big reason to go to therapy too.
1: I have a feeling that they did. It wasn't. So let me take this opportunity and I know you know this, but listeners, we love you so much, um, that we pulled our hair out researching this case. There is so little about it, um, in terms of like deep dive details that, yeah, because
0: she's a minor,
1: exactly because she's a minor. So, um, Yeah, I think her parents probably did know she was sexually active. I know that they, like, had a history of being, like, sexual online with each other, so it might have been that, you know, they saw those types of messages, too, and they weren't even concerned that he was the 300-year-old vampire, but more that their daughter was 12 years old and having intimate relations. I mean,
0: he's very clearly grooming her, you know, like, uh, what 12-year-old, I mean, at 12, I could for sure have been easily roped into thinking someone was a 300 year old vampire and then you feel so special because you're talking to someone that has so much experience and they're you know fucking i don't know magical or whatever the fuck
1: right exactly so therapy proved effective in terms of tricking her parents though and they uh, jasmine and jeremy quickly you know started communicating again um, they primarily used the Canadian web- website Nexopia as well as the now um, defunct vampirefreaks.com. Um, on all of her online profiles, Jasmine claimed to be 15. And that being said, I don't know a whole lot about being a 23 year old pedophile. Or so. a 300 year old vampire. I, both of those things not in my repertoire. So um, Jeremy's persona, though, is described as weird. He was bullied very heavily in his youth, um, probably because they were poor. His mom was a single mom. His last name he they did call him Jeremy Stinky.
0: I mean, um, <laughs> I'm 24 and thought of that in two seconds, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, so I'm fully not shocked <laughs> that he was <laughs> called that. Which is sad as a child, I will admit. Yeah, yeah. But now knowing him, I'm going to call him Jeremy Stinky. So.
1: Jeremy Stinky. Um, But yeah, he was bullied heavily in his youth. Um, His grades weren't great. All of this might have contributed or probably did contribute to his fits of rage and the feelings of isolation. Um, But it didn't help that he was into younger girls. So on his blog, one of my, uh, I don't know if this is supposed to be poetry or what, payment, my lover's rents are totally unfair. They say that they really care. They don't know what is going on. They just assume. the throats I want to slit. Finally, there will be silence. Their blood shall be payment. He posted that on April 3rd, 2006, which leads, which led some investigators to believe that he was the mastermind behind um, the murders. However, in the official police reports, their shared crime was Jasmine's idea. So even though she's 12 years old, somehow, some way, you know, it was all her plan to do what they're about to do. Um, She emailed Jeremy with the following. I have a plan. It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. So angsty, right? Stinky was like, yeah, sure. That sounds good. But we might want to actually make a plan and not just like, go in blind. Jasmine had told like friends of hers about her plan to kill her parents, but they laughed it off and didn't believe her again, because not even a year ago, she was smiling. She was christian she was doing all these things like the golden child right
0: i don't know though um, if my friend any of my friends are like i'm gonna kill my parents i would be like even at 12 i'd be like uh that's fucking weird like i did not like my parents in middle school who does but i don't think I've, i was ever like i'm gonna kill them
1: i feel like i've heard it before where like you know when you're a teen and your parents are like no you can't go do xyz like, oh i'm gonna kill them but you don't mean it like that's not i have never heard
0: anyone say that Really like I heard I hate my parents for yeah. sure,
1: but I, I never had them. any I of my friends die. be like
0: yeah. I've heard people be like, Oh, I don't want them to be my parents. Like I definitely said that a lot, but I never had any of my friends or myself be like, I'm gonna kill them. I want to- them dead. I wanna kill them. Like weird vibes. Yeah. Red well, flags. That's,
1: that's fair. Definitely red flags. And they were all like, ha okay, Jasmine, whatever. Um and maybe this was them choosing not to believe her, to stay out of it, or maybe they just really thought she was joking. But the now infamous duo of Jasmine and Jeremy spent the night of April 22, 2006, watching the 1994 film Natural Born Killers, um, in which the film's main character, Mallory, convinces her boyfriend, Mickey, that they should kill her parents so they can be together, unchained from whatever controlling parenting she was experiencing. Apparently, this was inspiring to either Jeremy or Jasmine because it was the very next day that they massacred her entire family.
0: I great love that there's a movie for that. Perfect timing for them too. They probably thought it was like fate or some, you know. It's so romantic, right? It's oh so <laughs> romantic. Okay, You're so that. so on April twenty third, two thousand six, everything seemed to be going well. You know, the quiet neighborhood outside of the Richardson home, everything was good. Neighbors were out, they were playing, whatever. But around 1 p.m., a six-year-old neighbor was walking past the Richards at home because he wanted to go play with Jasmine's younger brother, and they were friends. Um, So he went over there, and then he – I don't know. I don't live – you know, we live in California. There's no basements, but I guess you can – there's a basement window that you can see through. So they're setting the scene for you. So through the basement window, he saw – a bloody scene according to his mom he alerted her of the scene by saying mommy there's bodies at jacobs with blood on them so that is what he saw i don't know you know i could not imagine um the child's mom did not mess around and called the police which i give her props for that she obviously told uh all of the neighbors as well though because when the police arrived at 134 um there was crowds of people just hanging out on the lawn everywhere you know i mean this is a small quiet town a good part of the town so this is interesting for them right right the and drama, it's here the drama and also you know the family seemed to be really loved by their neighbors so i'm sure there was a lot of concern as well so people were curious they were waiting the police were knocking on the door nobody answered the police then kicked down the door i will give the police one thing they did not mess around at this case yeah and again i think that has to do with it's a good neighborhood crime doesn't happen here when it does what's going on you know um, so at first they heard whimpering, so they were like, Oh great, they're alive. Um, but it was actually just the dog. The family dog was laying next to Deborah's bloody body. Like, how sad. So Deborah and Mark were found in the basement of the home. Their bodies were the ones that the neighbor boy saw. Um, the police obviously could tell foul play was involved just by looking at the bodies. Deborah's body was described as unnatural, her positioning Her nightgown was moved up, making her naked from the waist down. There was blood smeared on her legs, and the police's theory was that Deborah was the one who found the murderer in her home, um, and she most likely heard the noises coming from the basement, went downstairs, and as a result was the first one to be murdered. We will talk about this more later during the trial, because what actually happened to her, um, Jeremy and Jasmine, spoiler alert, talk about. So, she had a lot of defensive wounds, meaning she fought for her life, and then Mark was the second person to be murdered, most likely heard the struggle, went downstairs to see what was going on. He also had a lot of defensive wounds on his body, more than Deborah even. Um, his body was found with his fists raised in a fighting position, and his body had already begun to set into rigor mortis. So his like at this point, his arms were like basically stuck in that position. Next to his body was um, a knife, which was later determined to be one of the murder weapons. There was also a screwdriver, which police concluded and later in the trials was confirmed that Mark used to defend himself. So Mark and Deborah were dead um, and the police followed the killer's trail going upstairs. The killer was not done. There was one more person in the home and that was eight-year-old Jacob That's Jasmine's younger brother and uh, Deborah and Mark's youngest son. The police found Jacob laying on the floor only in his underwear with a huge stab wound to his throat. Jacob's blood was covering everything. I mean, this was a bloody, bloody scene. He bled out and right next to him was his lightsaber, which he actually defended himself with, which that kills me. Maybe the most heartbreaking thing I've read.
1: <clears throat> it's the worst part of it like the whole case is yeah. awful but that's the worst part
0: for me he was like okay well i guess i have to be a jedi now and i'm gonna defend myself i know and, oh my god and we'll talk about later what he said his last words were and they're very sad um but unfortunately no matter how hard mark deborah and jacob fought they lost their lives in a brutal and tragic way so the police are processing the scene and you know obviously there are already theorizing like who could have done this What, you know, does this family have enemies? No, like, everyone loves this family. So, they didn't really realize that Jasmine was a part of the family until they started looking around the home and saw family photos. And, of course, then they start talking to neighbors and being like, was there another person in the family? Yes. 12-year-old Jasmine was nowhere to be found. They acted quickly once again. They immediately um, issued an Amber Alert. Her photo went all over the media and... They, at this point, were assuming that the killer kidnapped her for either ransom or because she's a 12-year-old girl, right? So they were hoping they, were, they would find her alive. Um, so they then went to her school. But you may be wondering, where is Jasmine, right? Like, where is she? Is she okay? What's going on? So the police are looking for her. Jasmine, however, is not worried. Um, she sold her mom's credit card. They, Her and Jeremy went to get some cash from the ATM. They went to a restaurant where someone who was there described them as laughing, cuddling, and kissing. Then they went to a party where they told all their friends about the brutal murder and they all laughed. Ha 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 ha. Yikes. Yeah. So the initial search of the house, you know, the police are searching while Jasmine is partying, turned up nothing. Um, They went to Jasmine's school. Then they went to her locker. And what they found was shocking. I'm going to pull up the picture. I will put it on our Instagram as well i'm looking at it and i'll describe it to you as it is so it's kind of like a cartoon photo they're like little photos and there's about 12 small photos okay um in the photo there are four sick figures and it says let's go for a walk then the ne- second photo has a nice little sun they're walking and then the third photo there is one stick figure and it says yay gasoline um and then the fourth photo says water. Yay. And then in the fifth photo, a fire starts and the sick figures go, oh, no, we're covered in gasoline. Oh, I'm being burned alive. Help, help. My flesh is being burned off. Then there's a picture of a sick figure with fire all around it, running. Um, one stick figure says the ultimate pain. And then two sick figures are standing laughing and saying, ha ha, you're burning alive.
1: Oh, my God.
0: All sick figures. Um, beautiful imagery there. Like I said, this will be on Instagram if you want to look at it. So, this um, obviously told a story to the police. Um, obviously, her parents and brother did not die in a fire, but the fact that there are four stick figures, perfect for the Richardson family, then the last photo shows two stick figures standing and laughing, Jasmine and Jeremy. The police were automatically suspicious of Jasmine. So, they're you know, no longer concerned that she's been kidnapped. They're very much now just trying to find her because they know she's in hiding. Jasmine's 12 and Jeremy is an idiot. So they did not hide very well. They were found a hundred miles away from um, the home. The next day they were taken into police custody. Like I said, the police did not mess around on this case.
1: I just think it's great that the police started off with, you know, Oh no! There's another person we need to look for her immediately. It's not she'll come home. Or if you if you're looking for the family of the Richards oh, family, um, call yeah. this the number. You know, um, it definitely could have gone much worse. And they definitely, I think the proactive stance they took, you know, was good because once these two had a taste for blood, what's to stop a 300 year old vampire and a devil from doing more?
0: And we have seen. Um, I mean, I covered Jennifer Pan. Like we've seen cases of family or kids killing their parents and the police typically don't go to the kids right away and think that they did something right like this these police obviously didn't start that way and then once they saw their drawing they're like actually this is sus like I kind of admire that they immediately were like, no she's suspicious. Yeah. Um they were not messing around. But why did they want to kill her parents? So to me, the fact that Jasmine's parents had punished her and tried to
1: keep her away from Jeremy is to a mentally ill brain enough to create like motive. Um, But they also had that whole like, emo werewolf vampire romance thing happening. And I think that it warped their sense of morality and common sense, right? Like if all you surround yourself with is blood and gore and murder and whatever, and life is so hard, obviously that starts to feel normal. And in mentioning like that film, Natural Born Killers, um, Jeremy had actually told an undercover police officer during questioning that Natural Born Killers um was the best love story of all time. So, you know, some people think of Romeo and Juliet or um Sid and Nancy or, you know, other things, but uh people who kill their parents, that's the best love story in Jeremy's mind. I mean, I so, guess
0: so. Go off. Yeah.
1: Um, so repeating that he thinks a movie in which two love struck teenagers go on a murder rampage is a romantic movie meant to inspire him and his partner into following through with their ill thought out plan to murder her entire family. A um, fictional
0: movie too, by the way, this a isn't real yeah. people. Yeah.
1: Um, and I guess in natural born killers, they spare the siblings. Um, but as we know, this was not the case for Jasmine's family. Um, she was actually the one to slit Jacob's throat um because quote she did not want him to be an orphan
0: Um, what a loving sister
1: so my thought is if you don't want your brother to be an orphan
0: why don't kill kill, don't kill your
1: parents um but the prozac has done wonders so yeah. maybe that's you know part of it Mental um, health. <laughs> the fact that he died i i'm nailing this and i know you already said it but the fact that he died holding that lightsaber i will never get over that like that's the so imagery sad. it's literally that kills me yeah. um and that being said there wasn't a whole lot that they said about their motive it was just we want to be together and yeah we can't do that if they're around so
0: well you know where um, else you can't do that in prison true yeah fucking idiots so you know the police aren't fucking around they're arrested they're being held for murder (laughs) jasmine's trial began in june of 2007 that makes her 14 years old so she's been in jail for two years now um she was charged with three counts of first degree murder which she pled not guilty to um let's discuss some of the things that came up in the trial so the big piece of evidence was jasmine and jeremy's internet usage um because remember everybody the internet is forever so (laughs) don't think that your messages are private okay um those messages were that we talked about earlier that i have a plan it begins with me killing and then ends with me living with you and the payment one um it you know those were obviously said during the trial and people were like "Oh, okay what else he also said um to go on with jeremy's payment my lover's rents are totally unfair they say that they really care They don't know what's going on. They just assume as their greed continues to consume. She is slowly going insane. She continues to think that I came into her life to help her out and stop what they keep trying to shout. It's total bullshit. Their throats I want to slit. They'll regret the shit they have done, especially when they see it that they are gone. They shall pay for their insolence. Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. So that is a long version Mm -hmm. of the quote you said earlier. Yeah. I really just wanted you to know how mentally stable these people were. Completely. And you know what? For being three hundred years old, his grammar sucks. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. He's three hundred, living in his mom's trailer. Okay, like and this is my thing too. Yeah, if you're a three hundred year old vampire, why are we choosing to live in a trailer? Like at least invest in the stock market, dude. At least the colons were rich. You know. True. Um. So friends of Jasmine, remember, said that she talked about killing her parents often, but they didn't take it seriously during jasmine's trial she said that she was just saying stupid things and was not serious about killing her parents and again she decided to kill her brother because she didn't want him to be an orphan she told the court that after jeremy stabbed her brother multiple times um she could hear and his throat was slipped she could hear him gurgling so i'm hearing very little remorse it's giving i don't care um now remember why would she kill her parents her and jeremy would become closer together um but of course she says all this, um but then is like, "I'm not guilty because murdering my family was actually all Jeremy's idea." And now I'm and, an orphan. And now I'm an orphan. And I put <laughs> now she was a victim with the sideways <laughs> yeah. sad face, um <laughs> sad. Now I'm wondering, and this is really, really dark, but that's the theme of the podcast. Do you think they drink their per- her parents' Ew. blood?
1: Why is that always your question? You asked it on Sydney and
0: see. <laughs> I bet they did did I? I, yeah, oh. I? did he drink her blood? I bet they did. <laughs> I don't know why this has been my theme. I don't know. Maybe that's what um, Valentine's Day means to me. <laughs> but, you know, because he's a 300-year-old vampire. Right. Sorry, I just had to think about it. And it no, bring I them close together, you know. Yeah. So the trial lasted about a month, and then there was a three-hour deliberation. So you could tell the jury was over this fucking trial. Oh, yeah. The jury found Jasmine guilty on three counts of first-degree murder. Now, here's the bad news, everybody. Canada does value their youth. Unlike America, they're like, block them up, throw away the key. But due to youth laws in Canada, the maximum sentence Jasmine could receive was 10 years. Her sentence included credit for 18 months of time served with four years spent in a psychiatric facility, which she definitely needed, followed mm-hmm. by a four-and-a-half-year conditional supervision in the community so yeah didn't get the justice i personally think but at least there was something there and we're back Um, at the youth offender debate right like what's right what's wrong for them yeah and what would her i think about it like what would her parents want i don't know right but let's talk about jerry's trial they were tried separately um he was also tried for three counts of first degree murder We also found out quite a bit of the crime part, not as much the motive. Um, So to pregame the murder, Jeremy had a case of beer and a bottle of red wine. Classy 300-year-old vampire things, you know? He then put on a black ski mask, entered the Robinson home from the basement. He saw Deborah first and began stabbing her. Hearing the screams, Mark ran down the stairs with a screwdriver and attempted to defend his wife. The sudden attack shocked Jeremy who fell backwards now mark had the upper hand and attempted to stab jeremy with the screwdriver and gouge his eyes out with his thumbs which gouging eyes out is the grossest thing to me that Uh, when people's fingernails are pulled off uh, yeah i can't but
1: i mean that's a good that's a good defensive move right like oh yeah the pain of
0: that even if it doesn't blind him like it should stop him right oh yeah in theory So, unfortunately, Jeremy overpowered Mark. He said Mark's last words were, why? To which Jeremy responded, it's what your daughter wanted. Gross. Jacob, who was upstairs, heard the commotion, so he was hiding, terrified in his bedroom, this poor child. Jasmine entered the bedroom first and tried to smother him with a pillow. Jacob said, stop. I'm too young to die. I can't. I cannot. (laughs) And they're telling this to the court, you know? I cannot. So, his begging did not stop the couple jeremy stabbed jacob multiple times in his chest and then like you said jasmine slit his throat um now i found this bit of evidence this bit you know tidbit um and i didn't know when was a good time to put it in the story so i'm just gonna say it now while jeremy and jasmine were in prison he proposed to her and she said yes (laughs) of course Sadly, though, That's I know so you guys amazing. are thinking through this whole thing, like, couple goals, need me a man like Jeremy, <laughs> need me a girl like Jasmine, you know, because we have be male and female like listeners. Right. Yeah, I know you guys are thinking, thank you so much, Nikki and Kaylin, the month of love, you're giving us the ultimate love story. Uh, <laughs> so you're like, yes, they're getting married. Well, um, once she admitted to the court that Jeremy killed her whole family, she ended the relationship. It's the same, babe. So, sorry, guys, you know. all couples break up. the only defense jeremy's lawyers could come up with was that the murders were jasmine's idea and he was just a lovesick puppy and all jasmine's defense could come up with that she was manipulated and 12 and it's all his idea so really not much you know bad defenses all around because they admitted to doing it you know but so i'm like how can you plead not guilty jasmine just wondering jeremy made me do it yeah sure honey i see your myspace messages but ultimately, the jury found Jeremy guilty as well on three counts of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison. But w- is eligible for parole after serving 25 years? Canada's too soft.
1: Um, Jasmine ended up getting released in 2016 after Gross. serving all of that time in the psychiatric facility. Um, but at her final sentencing review board in May of 2016, she allegedly showed no remorse for her crimes, which has been consistent for her, right? She doesn't feel like she was fully responsible. At least she's consistent. Uh, her sentence did include that stay in that psychiatric facility, facility, um, and then she was monitored in that community supervision, uh, which is Canada's version of parole, actually. But due to this, she was allowed to live in a group home and then eventually alone, um, and she was allowed to study and finish school while she was incarcerated in calgary there's conflicting reports but the main thing is that the courts really thought that jasmine's progress was commendable um she apparently had really positive responses to her treatment and her remorse during her treatment seemed genuine so maybe that's why we're seeing the lack of report uh, remorse in her revision trial um Maybe she, you know, made her peace during her therapy sessions or all that time spent alone in jail. I'm not buying it, but whatever. Her attorney, Catherine Bayak, said, we're seeing she's in the community. She's starting to get her feet on the ground and build a life for herself society should be satisfied with the fact that the system has worked in this case. Because Jasmine has not reoffended since her release, she's actually qualified to have her record permanently sealed. And because she was only 12 at the time of the murders, she was sentenced with a maximum which is 10 years for youth offenders. But her identity was pro- was protected because of her age. So she's known now as just JR, um, and she doesn't have anything in the public like about her life at all. But jeremy being 23 um was sentenced more harshly which i know you said but he is still serving out his life sentence and if it's 25 years for his parole i don't think he'd be eligible until 2032 if my math is correct
0: yeah so before we end do you have uh do you follow the crime junkie podcast discussion group on um facebook i do okay well they mentioned this case like a week ago No way. Yeah. So I was going through the comments because, you know, I want to see what the people are talking about. Um, We were researching this and we were finding like very little because of the youth thing. Yeah. So one comment from a woman named Reba um, said... Oh, I love this one. She was released, got plastic surgery, changed her name, and attended Mount Royal University in Calgary, apparently living on campus. This is the sole reason I did not attend Mount Royal University, (gasps) LOL. If you look into the details further, she is the main instigator of all of it and had her boyfriend commit most of the crime for her, but she convinced him to do it. Everyone thinks he's a bad one because he was older, but she wanted her family dead, y'all. To which someone replied named M. Riley. Maybe I shouldn't be putting everyone's full name out but whatever reba and em. Um, M. said to her she was 12 he was 23 it doesn't matter what a 12 year old thinks what they want that they want a 23 year old should never have agreed or approached she cannot consent to the relationship with the whole ass adult as a child which a lot of the comments were kind of defending her of being like well she's a child and but you know i'm kind of with reba on this one like yes she is a child and yes she can't consent but also, he had the right state of mind to be like, "I'm not killing your parents for you," and I doubt she yeah, I doubt if he was like, "I'm not killing them, I doubt sh- they would be dead, yeah,
1: no, I agree with you. I don't think she would have had the willpower or the ability or the means um...
0: yeah, and I'm sure there's so much more than that, but I wanted to add that tidbit because the girl I don't know how you know reliable this girl is on this uh forum, but she did say, you know, the college she went to it seems right. Changed yeah. her name, which I'm Should sure she contrary. did. Plastic yeah. surgery. I could see all that being very plausible. So I'm wondering if that happened, but
1: I don't know. The world may never know. But yeah. I wonder where she was... is now. Hopefully listening to our podcast and being like, you know what, guys, you're right. I Damn, really, how did you, you guys know. get
0: me? I didn't think <laughs> you'd do my case. <laughs> I didn't think you'd cover this one. No, thanks. Um, I'd rather her not be a fan, you know? <laughs> I'm okay.
1: So research. Um we used wikipedia i used um deadlywomen.fandom.com that's where i got all the quotes from her myspace murderpedia my crime library i watched a youtube um called jasmine richardson and jeremy steinke case analysis by dr todd grande he actually does this for a lot of cases um i am a recent new fan of his um i think he does a great job breaking it down Um, were
0: there any others that i missed uh i used talk murder which gave a lot of the history of the family that's really the only place i could find it um soapboxy and then a medium article um and then wikipedia and you know youtube and those kind of things the usuals the usual. well Well, happy valentine's day well what already Um, happened um i hope you guys all had a good one we're (laughs) recording this before so who knows Hopefully you don't decide to murder your family um
1: tomorrow. And yeah, vote on our Instagram for next month for March story. We'll have and to think of some
0: ideas.
1: I'm on it, sis. Don't worry. All right, um,
0: everybody. Follow us on Instagram at is that too dark. You can DM mom. us. You can uh leave a review, five stars. We never say that. Tell a friend. <laughs> um yeah. write
1: a letter to your loved ones in prison um you know what you get a prison propose, pen pal yeah I'd tell them to listen to us i always Maybe want we'll to get crime. a prison
0: pen pal which is really you know tells you how my mental state is sometimes <laughs> but then i'm like i don't want to send it from my house <laughs> yeah you'd have to get like a po box but i follow this girl on tiktok that married a guy in prison Ugh. he's getting out in 2024
1: Oh boy, I'm so happy for them. Anyways,
0: <laughs> um that's it for us today. We will see you soon. Goodbye. Bye.